0: Yo, yo, what's going on, family? Uh, Lion Family Media Media Group presents a cool podcast. I am your host, Juan Samir, along with your other host. Harry Leon. Uh, Today we have a very special guest on the show. Uh, Probably met this person, I want to say like over a year ago. Um, Somebody who just gave me a lot of encouragement, a lot of confidence, just tried to help me out. You know, just give me a lot of uh, a lot of guidance and a lot of support. um, And, you know, as far as like advancing my creative, uh, my creative career, Um, this dude has been super cool. uh, Very kind. It's it's the kind of person you feel like you've known for a long time. (laughs) You know, I mean, you got that very like down to earth spirit. My man, Mo uh, Morgan Steiker. What's going on, Mo? What's going
1: on, fellas? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure um <clears throat> yeah i feel like you and i were like quarantine friends uh, you know we met during 2020 we had a relationship pretty much before we met in person just going back and forth on dms and emails and texts and calling um yeah it's great to be on the show guys thank you for having me
0: oh thanks a lot mo uh i wanted to say mo how was um well congratulations i think the the closing night of street dreams was a uh, was it tonight was it last night or tonight yeah, it program? was
1: it was friday night it was the closing night of our show at seaport celebrating the winds and uh yeah it was a two and a half month residency so um we didn't want to leave you know we were <laughs> we were kind of sad it was over but still looking forward to the next chapter
0: all right i came through on the the first day uh with my son just so he could try to you know just experience all the art all the creators man and uh like what you guys are doing is really, um, it's really, it's really special. Like, can you talk about just uh, how you got started with Street Dreams and just how everything kind of just is where it is today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been a partner in Street Dreams for um, about three years, but the collective, the group, the magazine, the vision, all of that was started before. Uh, by my other partners, Steve, Steve Sweatpants, Eric Veloso, and Mike C. Um, so those three guys um, got together. Um, Steve is from Brooklyn. Eric and Mike are both from Vancouver, and you know they had met over Instagram, and um, and they were, um, you know, they 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 were meeting through people in the same circles and coming together, and you know, all photographers on the come up. Who you know were sharing their work and were not represented in traditional spaces. You know, we're not represented by galleries. We're not necessarily led in by <clears throat> the gatekeepers of photography at the time. But um, with Instagram, they were able to create their own community, and um, that's how Street Dream started. So you know, they they started an Instagram page and they ended up publishing a magazine. So it's really interesting how it was kind of reverse engineered usually magazines are print first and then kind of like, you know, go into social media. Um, some do it all at the same time now, but um, for Street Dreams, it was really um, using Instagram at the time to curate images and almost, you know, bring that editorial eye. I'm talking like 2012, 2013, so early days of Instagram, um, <clears throat> bringing, that, bringing that editorial eye to that platform at the time and and then expanding on it and you know creating of things like photo walks where you know the guys would drop a location and invite photographers from all over the city to meet up and shoot together and that became a huge thing um i joined i joined about three or four years into street dreams already haven't been started and my background is in the music industry um as a promoter as a marketing person I did pretty much everything in the music industry. I've touched like almost every aspect of the industry, from <clears throat> live events to recording to artist management to um, marketing and promotion. Um, and um, yeah, when I saw what they were building, and I understood that um, Street Dreams represented a lot of creatives around the world who were just identifying with what those guys were doing and what we ended up, you know, doing together. Um, I just, you know, I clicked and I started working with them and, you know, lending my support where I could. And now um, bringing us to today in a a project like Celebrating the Winds, um, it's a combination of all the things that we've done pretty much as a team. So, um, you know, we have like a pop-up shop where we do retail and sell our our merch and our prints. We have the main thing being the gallery, where we can showcase photographers. Um, but then we have a bunch of events, like we have Street Dreams Radio Day. So Street Dreams Radio is something we started last year um, in 2020, actually during quarantine, as like weekly radio mixes. Um, we we opened Steve's Flea Market, which is kind of like our vision for retail. Um, and yeah, that's, um, that's kind of what brings us today, you know?
2: Cool. Hey, Mo, I got a question for you, man. Uh, working sure. with so many different people uh, in the creative uh, realm. Um, what do you think uh, inspires you personally? You know, you're working with so many different creatives. And you say you have a background in music. Uh, what really uh, inspires you?
1: Um, I really love to learn. You know, I love to. I'm not a specialist. I'm a generalist. So I like to touch on a lot of things and i you know i'm not the best person in the world at one skill um i love to be able to jump from one experience to the other and meet people who have different skill sets and who could teach me you know i bring that day one energy in everything i work no no matter what i've accomplished when i'm doing a new project i'm ready to learn you know i'm i'm taking on a new project because i feel like it's going to add another chip in You know, it's going to add like another element to my toolkit. Right. I want my toolkit to have every possible tool when it comes to arts and culture or even outside of arts and culture. You know, I'm down to learn how to open a restaurant or work in any other industry. But, yeah, what motivates me is is just being able to accumulate those experiences, you know, because my vision of my dream project has music, art, food, you know financial literacy, community stuff, everything. So I love to be able to, um, yeah, just expand my palette and experience as much as possible and learn as much as possible.
0: Um, I was gonna say, I, I just get uh, really inspired by what you guys are doing at uh, Street Dreams. Cause like you said, you guys are doing like radio, you got the magazine. You got the photographers, and I mean, like, these are like some of the elite, you know what I mean? Like, just the creme de la creme, you know what I mean, of like, just artists, and then just on the filmmaking side, uh, it's just like, how is it, how is it just being around just so many just creative people? Like, how how, how does that, you know, how, how, does that, how does that, how does that, how does that make you feel? It's incredible,
1: man. It's a blessing, it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's a joy. Um, it's, it's something sometimes I don't even know how to put words to because, yeah, like seeing these guys are all my friends. So seeing my friends excel and do successful projects that are creative and push the boundaries. Um, it's what it's all about, you know, and supporting each other and being able to cheer each other on is a big part of it. And, you know, there's even a competitive nature to it, where even though we're all friends and we all support each other, um, who's going to who's going to go crazier? Who's going to drop the craziest photo? Who's going to, you know, one up the last thing that we just did? You know, who's going to go even harder? Who's going to do a partnership with this brand that everybody else wanted to work with? Or who's going to, you know, our boy Pierre just shot for J. Cole. You know, when it comes to the rap game, that's pretty much as good as it gets. And, you know, that same day, I think my boy Joe was shooting an ad for Ferrari. And I'm like, damn, well, when it comes to cars, that's as good as it gets. And those two things could happen in the same day. So, yeah. And, you know, I've also had the, the the privilege to know these guys for a couple of years before they were getting these kinds of wins. You know, so seeing their journey coming up, we're all inspiring each other and everybody's on their own thing. You know, everybody has their solo project, but... You know, we're always going to come together as a crew and a collective to, you know, support each other, compete with each other, inspire each other, motivate each other. Um, So for me, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing to be around that energy because, you know, I also get I get inspired and, I, you know, I start looking around and being like, all right, well, you know, once if I have an idea for something, I know who I'm going to use for this. I know who's good at that. And just being able to see all these guys flourish in their own craft and, you know, have the ability to potentially partner with them or collaborate with them. Um, yeah, it's just it makes me want to just also do my part in, in you know, putting up putting up some numbers. Yeah, number-
0: this episode is brought to you by Peerspace. Peerspace is a peer-to-peer marketplace for booking space for events, meetings and productions. Launched in February of 2014, Peerspace is a privately owned company operating in the San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Austin, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. Yeah,
2: So Mo, I was going to ask you a quick question, man. Uh, you talk about some of your wins, man. Um, how do you think like your losses and uh, over the years have helped you build you know, towards a a winning equation. You
1: know? Yeah, that's really interesting question. Actually, I had a conversation with my friend about this a couple nights ago. Um, you know, those experiences, the quote unquote loss, losses, are more valuable than the wins because you don't get the wins without the the lessons. You know, <laughs> nobody nobody comes out the gate shooting perfectly.
0: Right.
1: You know, it's just that's not how it goes. No matter what field you're in. Um, you got to miss a lot of shots. And sometimes the it's more, missing a shot is more than missing a shot. Especially when you're independent creative and you put your livelihood on the line. It's not as simple as, oh, I missed this shot. Now I'm just going to grab the ball again and shoot again. Or, hey, I just missed this gig. But like tomorrow I got another gig. Um, it's not always like that. You know, I think I think the hardest L's are actually the, the most important ones because you know when you're when something really goes wrong and let's say you know you lost a lot of money or you wasted a lot of time or you had a really negative experience in a certain situation with someone, um, all these things are going to help you make sure it doesn't happen again. And teach you what to look out for, so that the next one does work out. Right. You know, so for me, like, yeah, there, there's, there's always, you know, there's always that, um, that time when, when you're a little in shock when something wrong happens. You know, you're not gonna find that light right away. You know, you're just gotta. Sometimes you gotta take that L, <laughs> quietly. And you got to sit with it and you got to just you know realize like i don't know what the answer is like i don't know how i'm going to turn this into a w but i will i'll figure it out i don't need to know today but at some point and that's happened to me a lot you know there's been things where i look at negative experiences i had five or six years ago and i go well if i look at my overall journey and where it brought me those terrible times where i wasted a lot of time sometimes months maybe years still brought me to where i'm at today so you know i have to i have to i have to acknowledge them you know i have to acknowledge them and 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 i have to also you know another another thing I, i i speak about a lot with with friends is just not being afraid to fail you know sometimes especially as creatives it's like we have these amazing visions in our head and if we can't complete the vision we have it's not good enough and we're not gonna put it out or we're not gonna shoot that shot. And we have to remind ourselves sometimes, like it's not that serious. You know, other people don't care as much as you do. And sometimes like trying something is is, is a win, even if what, what you do doesn't work out. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think about that a
0: lot. Yeah, I think we spoke about that. The last episode is just like really just taking your time and uh, not not rushing your craft and just really appreciating like all the ups and the downs because, you know, like for me, I've been like working with cameras since I was like 14 years old. But, you know, I've just like a lot of things in my life have personally have like just kind of forced me to just really slow down, you know, on the creative side. But it, it, it taught me a lot about character and it made me who I am today. So it's just like now just, I appreciated everything that I went through to be who I am today, because now I'm more patient. Now I'm more humble. Now I'm really, I'm focusing and I'm more, I'm appreciating a lot more than just before it. And just like right. acknowledging that everything takes time and it takes time to develop. Like the reason we started, you know, a cool podcast, you know, the core stands for creatively optimizing our longevity. So it's just like, mm. it's about the longevity. It's about just yeah. being great for a long period, long period of time. It's not just one year or two years. It's just like, how can you really, how can you really just take the love for it and just keep con- continuously doing it every single day? Because it's, it's easy to just give up and just say, you know, F this, I'm not doing this anymore. But it's, it's more character when you, uh, when you just continue just to just do it for the love, and then you know it'll it'll just pay off if you just continue to put the work in. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. You know, and like
1: <clears throat> sometimes we got to take the pressure off a little bit, also, and just be like, look, if I pursue something and it doesn't work out after six months, it's all right. Of course, I'm going to do everything I can for it to be successful, but in my mind, I always you know even if some people might think it's negative or pessimistic i have a detachment in my head where no matter how much time i spend on something in the back of my mind i'm like this might not work out and if it doesn't it's okay it's you know i'm going to get back up and do something else and if anything i learn something along the way so that's why you know you asked me your first question about you know what motivates me and it's learning because i look at every experience and every opportunity as if i learn something whether or not it ends up being successful or whether or not it ends up making me money, it's going to be a win. Oh. You know what I mean? Let's say I work on, on a project and I, it turns out three weeks in, I'm like, man, this person's toxic. yo. I can't work with them. Like it's a mess. Like, you know what? I'm going to walk away. But if at the beginning of it, you know, I evaluated the opportunity and I was like, oh, this person might be a little crazy, but like, what they're doing is interesting. So you know what? I don't know if I'm going to end up working with them long term, but let me just take a look and see what's going on, you know, and and see if I could learn something. And then sometimes I do that, you know, after three months and there's always a little bit of a disappointment where you're like, damn, we, we, we launched something, but it didn't work out. Or, you know, we put out a project and it just didn't hit the way we wanted it to. If you start obsessing over this, you're just going to freeze and then you're just going to try to make everything perfect. And it's just, you know, once you get to a certain level and you have to work with other people, it's not everything's going to be perfect. You know, if you want to achieve greatness and you want to accomplish a lot of things, you have to understand, like, not everything you do is going to hit. You know, you're just going to have some stuff where it's it was a great idea. The team came together. But for some reason, it just didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And people can get wrapped up in a lot of negative emotions around that. I tend to just be like, yo, we tried. And it's okay. Maybe something else will work out, you know? If it's time to move on, it's time to move on. If we feel like it's still worth grinding through it, let's grind through it. But you know what I mean? Being able to understand like, hey, it might not work out, but I'm still cool, I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like just having these conversations, like there's a lot of projects that I do like that. You know, some people ask me, oh, would you still do something for free? Hell yeah and you know i'm 34 i've been in the game for over 15 years doing what i do and a lot of people in my position they might not want to do stuff for free but i i always find time because i'm like you know what you don't know what you're gonna learn and you don't know what blessing can come from that opportunity it doesn't mean i'll do anything for free but as long as i know there's that opportunity to learn i'm interested
0: episode is brought to you by anchor podcasting made easy easily create your own podcast then distribute to all major listening apps all for free create and distribute your podcast for free with anchor a spotify company record from anywhere monetize your podcast unlimited free hosting one-click distribution I I got, I got you again Kuzo. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shout out to the ad, man. We got a sure. <laughs> But uh yeah, ma I was going to ask you uh in your realm of business how how important is like risk taking?
1: That's a really good question. Um It's a bit of a complicated question. I think there's many ways to look at it. Right. Um every in i would say in my profession and in life in general everything involves risk taking right everything involves risk taking and it just depends how much it really comes down to the details and it really comes down to having that conversation about p- potential scenarios and you know what i mean like sometimes people will not necessarily dig that deep it's like sometimes you have a conversation hey is this is this a potential risk and everybody has a gut feeling and everybody will kind of like run through some scenarios. Oh, but this could happen. But not you don't always get the breakdown of like, all right, but how would this happen? Let's break down the step by step of the risk that you're talking about. Is there a way to run through a scenario where that risk does come to us, but there's a way to go around it? You know what I mean? So really like digging deep and granular into risk taking and understanding like, and it's something I used to not do. You know, I think it takes time to really understand. Like, there's a spectrum when you talk about risk taking. There's people who are just completely risk averse because anything that feels outside of their comfort zone is a no. And then there's people who are just they think bigger risk, bigger reward. So I'm just gonna go big risk on everything, and I don't even have a process. And I'm, you know, that sounds like a disaster too. So I'm somewhere in the middle. And depending on the project and the scenario, I'll find like where is the exact line to be where it's the appropriate risk. Right. You know what I mean? We're not just out here taking a risk. We're taking an appropriate risk. So we understand, yeah, this is risky, but we've ran through the scenarios. And at the end of the day, when we run through all the scenarios, that thing we're worried about, it's not going to be as bad as we think. So that risk that was scaring us, is actually not as risky as we imagine it to be. And then on the flip side of that, sometimes you minimize a risk. Let's say, for example, with us in Street Dreams, oftentimes when we do partnerships with brands or different entities, there's a risk of how our community will perceive this. You know what I mean? And how we feel about partnering with certain things that don't align with our values. So, For some people that might be like a small risk. They're like, oh yeah, but if you do one corny thing with the brand, people don't really care. It's only one thing. And we look at it differently. We go, all right, but we built years to really build our our reputation. The people that go to Street Dreams, they know what we're about and we haven't disappointed them. So that one corny thing could actually end up being a lot more risky than, you know, oh, just one thing that people are going to not notice. People might notice and be like, damn, I thought these guys were really authentic and legit, but they just did some corny shit. Excuse excuse my language. (laughs) They just did did something corny. You know? So that's something where the risk is actually greater than what most people would think it is. You know, and that's, that's when we start really breaking down those scenarios. In general, though, I would say, yeah, like, I do like to take risks, but I like to be really measured about it.
0: So when you guys are like making those kind of decisions, how is important like for you guys as a team, you know, coming together versus it just being like one person calling, calling, like calling all the shots? Do you think that uh, by you guys working together as a team, does that make it a little bit easier as far as like all the decisions that you guys have to make for the brand?
1: uh yeah we uh we we obsess over that stuff and we think about it all the time and like you know there's decisions we make as a team and then there's subject area decisions where it's my subject area trust me with this and you know the way we've set it up is with the rest of the team there's things where it's just Steve's decision and there are things where Maria who's also uh, on our team and one of our partners that I forgot to mention at the beginning um, she makes you know she has her subject area and makes those decisions within that subject area i have mine so does eric and mike so we have a balance and then there are certain big decisions that have to be um done as a group so basically you kind of you know you have to delineate that as a team um, and say which are the decisions we make as a group let's say bringing a new partner or let's say signing a big partnership that's going to be like a really big thing those are decisions maybe that everybody has to agree on. But then there's like, you know, a production decision that Maria has to make. We don't need to have a conversation about it. There are certain business decisions I have to make. I don't need to ask the team what they think. They trust me and we're not going to spend time talking about it. We just going to, you know, everybody does what they are supposed to do. And for the big decisions, we come as a group. Being able to make that difference as a team, is really important. Saves you a lot of time, a lot of conversations.
0: Talk about your uh, partnership with uh, with Dice, Mo. So um,
1: with Dice, so Dice is an incredible uh, ticketing company and discovery company, Discovery App, uh, one of the most interesting companies in the music industry and um, one of the most innovative ticketing companies ever to exist. Um, So I started working with Dice about three years ago um first as a consultant and then joining full-time um about two years ago and um yeah i mean you know my background is in the music industry and a lot of the work i've been doing at dice up until now has involved uh doing deals with venues and promoters around uh ticketing uh rights so basically just getting venues and promoters to use us for ticketing And um, for us as a company to just help our partners sell more tickets. Um, And recently, I've actually switched my position. Um, My new title is Senior Artist Partnerships. And I'm now focusing more on Dice's relationship directly with artists and artist teams. There is no ticketing company historically that has really communicated directly with artists and built tools and products directly for artists. Um, So that's one of the things we aspire to do. And then, you know, with live streaming exploding last year, a lot of that stuff ends up being directly with artist teams. There is other services and avenues we want to explore, like merch. So when you buy a ticket for a show, why can't you also buy the merch and pick it up at the venue? Um, A lot of things that relate to basically ticketing and the live side of the music industry and working directly with artists on that. So that's uh, that's what I do at DICE.
2: Now, uh, Mo, the next question I have for you is, man, uh, we outside now. The pandemic is uh, doing this, uh, I guess, regression and digression. I don't know what it is. It goes from day to day.
1: But, <laughs> yeah, same <you> know, here. <laughs> how
2: has the pandemic uh, affected uh, your industry?
1: Um, So the live industry was impacted very hard, as you guys can imagine, last year. You know, venues, festivals, promoters, um, completely losing business for over a year Um, and, you know, really being on the brink of uh, extinction. And so for us, it was, it was a really, really um, important time to support wherever we could and be helpful. And, you know, with um, some support from the government and things reopening, we're really happy to see that our partners are being able to go back into business a lot of them, unfortunately, haven't made it. Um, but you know, the past year has seen so much change. Um, the live stream stuff was really interesting last year. The live stream explosion, live stream had always been around. I, I've been doing live streams since 2012, 2011. Um, so I've been involved in that for a long time. But last year, it, it, it really, you know, as everybody was home, it's, it's all we had for a while. Um, so that's what the music industry was it was just streaming Um, now that we're back outside um, we're all really happy we're also a little bit caught off guard because everything reopened so quickly and now all the shows are selling out it's it's a it's a good problem to have but it's also very difficult and overwhelming because everybody in the industry is going from zero to a (laughs) hundred there's there's like staffing problems Um, there's like really stressful timelines and you know, when you when you haven't been doing your thing for a year and a half, it's like, you know, it's like asking an Olympic athlete that has been on bed rest for a year and a half to jump into the Olympics the next day and be ready to compete, you know? It's, it's really difficult to transition that quickly. Um, so we're seeing a lot of the industry just going through that. But like I said, it's a good problem because we want to come back and we want everybody to thrive and, you know, be successful so we're we're being as supportive as possible but that's you know if i could give you a picture of what it's the industry's been it's it's been quiet for a year over a year and then all of a sudden just booming again and trying to make up for lost time and lost revenue
0: yo i was gonna say talk about uh talk about your early years like growing up in new york like and how was it how was it from your perspective yeah man so i grew up
1: in the bronx um you know i um I, I always um, was in, in the culture, into the culture, always that kid who was putting my friends onto new stuff, always that kid at school who's, like, trying to get everybody together around something, starting groups, doing events. So I was doing parties in high school. You know, as soon as I graduated high school, started doing that after high school into college, um, bar nights, club nights, you know, putting on my own shows, um, I was a journalist for a while. So that was my in in the music industry was really as a writer. I used to write for blogs. I used to write for newspapers. I um, I thought, you know, um, that was the easiest way for me to get into the game. Because, uh, you know, you kind of like everybody goes through that. You get your first taste of like the life or the culture. And you start imagining, all right, well, how how could I get involved? Like, where do I fit in? Um, so for me, it landed on, you know, writing and journalism and I was like, I got a good pen. I know people do interviews with journalists. So if I could get myself in there, then I could have access to artists and I could get to shows. Really the reason why I wanted to be a journalist is so I could get free tickets to shows. Cause I heard, I heard, I heard about guest list and media list. This is when I was a teenager, I didn't know anything. So I'm like, oh, there's a separate list. If you're a journalist and you get in for free all right, let me try to do that. (laughs) Um, And that's exactly what I did for many years. So it got me in the game and it got me, you know, to start building my network and building relationships. Um, At the same time, parallel to that, I was a promoter. So I was really um, kind of, you know, developing one side with journalism, but also another side with promoting, doing parties, getting people to shows, And um, eventually that grew into like starting a little PR company. So I had a PR company for a while. I was working with a lot of different artists, um, a lot of different producers, a lot of different labels. Um, This is in the early blog years when a lot of PR companies were like still thinking about traditional newspapers, radio. And I was like, I can get you on blogs. And that was like, you know, interesting to everybody. So that was kind of like my calling card. Even though it didn't always work, you know, I kind of figured out a system to, you know, basically get music on blogs. Um, And little by little, my experiences kind of just developed. And, you know, that was the, the beginning years was really about that for me, like starting with journalism and then learning to be a promoter and doing shows, really.
0: So, you got another writer, uh, another passionate writer. My cousin Harry's a, a passionate writer as well. Nice, that's <laughs> great, a, that's yeah, cool. Um,
2: it's uh, always cool to uh, meet new writers, man. But uh, I would say, uh, what, is, what inspired your early writing, um, in the earlier days?
1: Yeah, a lot of books I read, um, inspired me. Um, a lot of like also f- TVs tv and 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 film you know and just understanding like wow all these movies are written by someone so somebody's coming up with these stories storytelling is really where it's at you know that's how it starts you just want to tell stories and writing is one way to do it um where you could really dig into detail so for me yeah i would say you know the first spark i was always a a reader as a kid like i love books i love magazines i love reading i love like you know just digging for information, like, you know, and I, I'm 34, so all the stuff I'm talking to you guys about when I was a kid, like this pre-internet, when you really had to like go to the library. If you like wanna know, if you wanna know about something, you go to the library, you find the books, you read about it. And through that that experience, you also stumble onto things that you didn't think you wanted to read and, and you discover amazing stuff. So that's how it started for me. And very early on in high school, I started writing. And I was recognized for it like my teacher was like wow you should do this more we have a competition where you know we have different kids write short stories do you want to do one so i did one and i won the competition and i was like all right cool like this is fun because you bring people into your world basically you know when it comes to that that was creative writing um and then um in terms of like more like journalism the the spark i think was really music it was really just like wanting to be in the music game and understanding that, you know, this was an avenue I could take to enter the game. You know, just like, hey, let me uh, let me play this position and see if somebody will put me on. I saw so that's one. A, of your, that's how I developed.
0: I saw one of your uh, one of your story posts. That you had like you, you were showing like your, uh, your VHS collection. And I'm mm-hmm. like, OK, Mo. I was like, I- I'm not sure if your collection is better than mine, but it was you had some dope stuff in there uh how how do you how do you think like uh just like technology and like everything is so evolving now just from going from like just the vcrs to just dvds to just just you know everything's on the internet now so it's like everything is being obsolete you know from like generation to generation like it's it's crazy like how did uh and, like, what's some of your favorite movies, like, that you like to watch? Like, your genres and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I love to collect VHS. I, co- I, I had a bigger collection that I, you know, sized down a little bit. unfortunately, I had to, like, moving and stuff. You're like, damn, do I really need all these? <laughs> um, I kept the ones that were, like, my favorites. And, you know, the ones that I was watching, like, at the time as a kid. Like, the Ninja Turtle movie, the first one all time classic. One of my favorite movies as a kid, um, Terminator, like one and two, one of the best action movies of all time. Um, I was watching a lot of Bruce Lee. I was watching a lot of comedies, um, you know, like Friday, stuff like that. (laughs) Um, the the classics, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a nostalgic. So, you know, I collect vinyl. I have that wall you see right there is, um, cassette tapes. Um, (laughs) You know, that's like my father's cassette collection that he used to play in the car when we were riding around and I was little. Um, The VHS tapes I had as a kid is, you know, my VHS collection of movies I used to watch. The vinyl is like another way for me to collect memories. So I love I love technology, but I liked it better before. I think everybody to some degree, if they're, you know, had a a good experience with something as a child, it's always going to hold that nostalgic uh intimacy for them so you know for me like i always chase that i'm always happy to revisit those times and really just indulge in the nostalgia of just like having vinyl having vhs um you know i love technology i love that things are accessible for more people so i'm always going to be in support of what's new but in terms of my own preference (laughs) and passion it's analog i'm an analog guy you know
2: Nice. Now, uh, Mo, I got a final question for you, man. Uh, As far as like a 10-year outlook or um, outlook for the future, what would you say that outlook would be for you?
1: Uh, That's a great question, man. Um, I want to work in the cannabis industry. So that's the next thing I'm focusing on and already working on. Um, I'm really excited about that. I think culturally, it's still really weird and messed up. And uh, there's a lot of things about the industry that could benefit a lot of people um and so you know i'm interested in that i'm interested to see what happens when it's legal around the country and it could allow a lot of people opportunities for capital um and hopefully it's going to be like you know equitable and it's going to be done right um so i'm i'm really focusing on that as like a next adventure um I'm a big soccer fan, so I'd like to do something in in soccer in the soccer game. Like you know, the the next World Cup, or not the next one, but the one after is going to be in the U.S. 2026. So, um, like the World Cup final is going to be in New York. You know, it's a long time from now, but this is my 10 year plan. Like I want to I want to like figure out a way to get involved, um, with the World Cup and figure out a way to uh, work work with that. I also want to work in the wine industry. Um, I love organic wine, natural wine. One of my best friends is a wine importer. He only does natural wines. So, you know, I love drinking with him. And exactly. I drink that stuff and I'm like, damn, we, I need to be selling this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, these are some industries outside of art and culture I'd like to touch. And, you know, I want to write screenplays. I want to produce movies. So hopefully in 10 years, I'll be like at the Oscars accepting like an award mm-hmm. for best picture.
0: So <laughs> yeah, you'll get there, bro. You definitely got you got the you got that you got the grit and you got the determination, Thanks, you know what I'm saying? I you know much success to you, bro. The epi- the quote for this episode is uh the desire to create is one of the deepest yearnings of the human soul. So, that was a quote I found for this week's episode. Um love that. Yo, bro, I just wanted to say, man, Thank you bro. Thank you just for everything. Just for uh the the relationship, the friendship, um you know just kind of being like a mentor to me, just the advice. Uh let me know, man, whenever you guys have stuff going on. You know, New York is like my second home, bro. Like no doubt. I try to come to, I try to come to NY as much as I can whenever I can and uh you know what I mean? Yeah, bro, just let me know. I just want to say thank you for being for taking the time out to be a part of this show and uh you know, we appreciate you. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Much respect, man. No doubt. We're going, we're going well, next time I come up to NY, we could probably get some of that wine too. You that you're talking about. You <laughs> yeah. You you <laughs> let me
1: know when you come through, man. And I already got you. <laughs>
0: All right, bro. Peace. All right, man. Peace.
1: Peace out.